So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Tuck from Off-Road Minivan. And we're asking some questions today about the upcoming album, May This Keep You Safe From Harm. So congrats on that. By the way, how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Thanks. It's been pretty good. Um, you know, I think it's been the best we've had yet. So it's been really nice. You know, we haven't released a ton of material and we're pretty quiet in general, but it seems like so far people are liking the songs and are very receptive. So I'm happy. Thanks Hell for yeah. asking. The the album is fucking incredible. Like, totally blows the last one out of the water. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're the second yeah. person to say that today, and I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's really sweet. Thank you. I when we put out Swan Dive at the time, I I really did love the record, and I do I do like it. And I you know I was like, yeah, it's such a good album. But then, like the time and the effort we put into this one, and by the time it was done, I was just like this might be the best thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really proud of it. And I know that's odd because like, I'm so insanely proud of the fit for a King records, of course, as well. It's just a little different because this is very, very personal. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a, it's different, you know, yeah. but thank you. I of course. That. Yeah. The, the, it just flows so well and the songs you can just like feel the emotion which is not something that i typically get from music like Mm -hmm. i listen to a lot of it and typically really don't feel what the artist is trying to kind of put through but it comes through on this album so i I gotta give you props thank you very much i uh today was the first time i've like done interviews talking about the record and it's definitely um it's taking a second to like get used to it because i i just cried so much making this damn thing you know and i didn't do that with intention and i don't say that to be a sap it's just it's an interesting record i think you have this for me it was just this kind of time like you know the dark times happened i couldn't go back on the road i i didn't have a job because my bands are off the road and um you know, luckily I was able to get like government assistance, like unemployment. So I just like sat and I did the podcast and featured X and I wrote. And it's different. All I know, all I know is for myself. Right. But like as someone who was like in their early thirties and doing that, I was just like, is this it for me? Like, is this all I have? Like, am I never going to get to do this again? And that fueled a lot of this preservation that became may this keep you safe from harm because I started thinking about just my time with my family, my loved ones, my friends, my relationships, and like what I was putting into and um, thinking about like what I was getting out of it. And I think that this record is a really good like culmination of the stuff that is maybe like most therapeutic for us as a band where I know Evan got a lot of stuff off his chest that he really needed to. And as did I. So thanks. I'm, I, I'm really happy. I, I really can't wait for people to hear it. Um, Cause I think people are appreciating records again right mm-hmm. now. Like if you'll listen to a whole sleep token record, like, <laughs> and that it's long and crazy and all over the place and beautiful. But I, I hope they'll they'll sit through this and, and enjoy it in Hell some yeah. way. You know? Hell yeah. 
Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So may this keep you safe from harm. Uh, when I first joined Fit for a King, a few family members gave me some heirlooms to take on the road with me to like make me feel more comfortable. And one of mm-hmm. which was a Bible that my grandmother gave me, which is a pocket Bible that you put over your chest and, and when you're in war and it has a steel casing on it that says, may this keep you safe from harm, mm-hmm. or if you get shot, it's supposed to protect you. And yeah. she had given it to my grandfather when he first joined the military. And I have it tattooed on my chest now. Uh, Cause I, uh, one time the airlines lost my bag and uh, I got it back, but that was enough for me. Yeah. So uh, I, it was the only title for the record ever. Like I only wanted to call it that I only had one cover for it ever. Uh, it's this picture from Imani Giverts and I just had this like vision of like, I never, it's hard to explain. I'm trying to find the best way. It wasn't about the songs in a sense. We wrote until there was the songs. And I recorded clips of like my family and moments or like did an interview with my grandma and like stuff like that to create the background pieces. But even up until um, the record was like done, done, where like I'm listening through the first sequence and right before Pity Sex, I was like, there's something missing here. And I didn't have a voice clip, but I had this line that I had been um, thinking about. And it's like a piece of merchandise as well. And I just had my my wife, Danielle, and my buddy Devin voice it where there's a a high voice and a low voice and just says, stop feeling, stop feeling, stop feeling, stop feeling, Mm -hmm. stop feeling sorry for yourself. And like, I just because with that song, with pity sex, that's it's. It's stop, stop feeling, stop feeling sorry, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like it's this mm-hmm. like el- evolution of that thought where so many people are so fucking caught in that right now because they're always like fucking mm-hmm. and they're yep. so caught up in what everyone else looks like. And I get it. I get there too. Like I'm a short fucking bald guy from New York. Like I have my own thoughts about, you know, wishing that I was like six, two and like crazy hair and gorgeous for sure. (laughs) But we got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves all the fucking time and just do something. And it drives me insane because I you have those people in your lives that just everything's a goddamn pity party all the time. And I can't Mm. stand it. But I it's different coming from me because I get to do the shit I like. You know, I have a job that I, it's my dream job. I have most fun in the whole world. Like I get to hang out with my best friends, do everything I like, you know, and then I just get to like bitch on albums about stuff that bothers me. <laughs> so, you know, it's an interesting perspective versus, you know, people that have had to do the same old mundane thing. So I, I try to be empathetic about it, but at the same time, you know, that's why I at least did that one. But yeah, it was it was a process, you know, we, we worked on it until, you know, it really wasn't, you know, the last song we wrote was a break that was the breakdown, but that had seen like a hundred versions. Mm. Um, Cause miles wrote the first one and add the chorus. And I like wrote the vocal part over it. And I was like, this is sick. But then we just couldn't figure out how to finish the song. And we fought tooth and nail, no pun intended about it <laughs> for a really long time. Um, cause I was a total jerk off. And then I, uh, finally just like, was like, dude, can you just teach it to me on guitar and I'll 
I'm just and I just wrote the version that's like out now in terms like I wrote the acoustic version then Miles made it like the full band and like made it yeah. spicy and everything mm-hmm. um but it was after like a breakup with an old friend of mine like that victim complex pity sex and the breakdown are all about the same person okay makes sense um curious about like when the 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 taping of like the family members and the interviews when that kind of came into play because i i do think it really ties the the album well together especially like the part you talk about right before pity sex well i got really into podcasting during the pandemic mm-hmm. and that's when i started doing get tucked and i just got into recording in general um i'm still not very good at it but having the equipment, I guess, like opened up my space and my brain for it. And I wanted to do more family interviews, but I, I ended up just like doing this one with my grandmother that my mom ended up being a part of. And that's what makes that last clip of the uh, album for it's nothing personal. And, uh, you know, it's hard. Cause like, as you get older, You know, you see like Swan Dive was a lot of true stories about people from the Hudson Valley that have passed away. And this is more of a preservation of people rather than speaking on stories that. Like had happened to people that I loosely knew, you know, where I just I I needed something. I wanted to make something that would last the rest of my life. And that when my kids here and my grandkids here, whoever the fuck, like, you know what my mom sounds like, you know, ah, sorry, it gets me. It's like a very emotional experience because I am so in love with all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just am lucky to have it. Yeah. So like it was kind of for you meant as like a time capsule, like you want it to be timeless for yourself, even if like it doesn't relate for anybody else. Like it's for you. Yeah. And and a a lot of this band ends up being like that for me. And I'm so lucky that the guys allow me to be like so narcissistic at times because I'm not doing it to like try to be a jerk i just i want um it's a form of therapy and a way for me to like preserve this moment in life and to be able to always look back on it and remember like okay those were the relationships that bothered me between this year and this year and this is the shit that happened and we lost so and so but it's the same thing where uh you know like evan the first two songs um the beacon and basement First three songs are all pretty much written by Evan, the drummer pianist. So Mm -hmm. Fade Out, he just sent me like a voice clip of him playing piano and sing, I broke your heart. And I was just like, dude, that's the intro to the record. Holy shit. Like that's was like, what? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, we're just going to record it like that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, he ended up wanting to do the, the upbeat full band version too. So that was him. And then... He wrote the, all the music for Basement and just had the, you'll just get better. And it's about his friend Alex from high school who he was in a band with. And the whole song is like naming people from Cape Cod. And then like the bridge section is 
talking about their band cut down the tall trees when they played chatham fest and it's naming all the songs that you can find on the internet of their band of like each just broken up and it sounds really funny all together back when you know macaulay culkin's voice it's that it's mm-hmm. it sounds like he's saying something but it's really just naming shit yeah. and uh it was a tribute to them and it was great because he sent it to alex's mom spoke to her for the first time in a while sent it to a bunch of their friends and like everyone was able to uh think about him mm-hmm. so that was very powerful we Absolutely. thought for ourselves and uh i'm excited for people to see the music video because it's really really fucking cool like i'm super stoked on it mm-hmm. and uh and the beacon he wrote all the music and just had the i'm not the beacon for you part but he did that with his ex-girlfriend and they he was writing the piano and playing it and they came up with that line together and i thought thought it was so funny at the time it's not that i am the beacon for you i'm not and you're writing this together and oddly enough eventually they break up right and Mm -hmm. it's like this foresight into themselves that they couldn't even see in that moment or maybe they did and weren't willing to admit Mm. but I loved that so you know that was also very like therapeutic for him as well getting to like have a new voice um and get these thoughts and things that he had been through in the last couple years like out on record as well so okay um And then, like, since it's it, it it's such a personal record for you, and and clearly for the entire band, because they all had their their say in it and, and wrote their own songs. But are you still able to relate to the album as a whole, even though there are songs on there that like don't directly relate to you? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, really, to be honest, the only um, two that aren't from my perspective per se are those three mm-hmm. so and they're still super personal to me like because evan is my best friend like so us creating those like it was almost a testament to our relationship where like i could write something and he'd, he'd be like holy shit dude like yeah that's totally not just what i'm hearing but how i'm feeling so it was really good like for us as um you know we've been friends for like 15 years now mm-hmm. so it was amazing like we had some big cries and some big like you know coming together moments while making it um and then you know the rest of it you know it's amazing the influence that the guys can have on stuff where like the victoria song for example um Miles and Evan wrote the music for that. And I started like writing a chorus for it, but it really wasn't hitting. And then Miles came back and he was like, well, I'm feeling it like this. And he had the waiting in the wings line. And then I was just like, oh my God, that feels so good. And it made me think about my old friend, Victoria. And I ended up like writing this song about her because she passed from cancer uh, about two years ago. And it was really nice because I got to reconnect with her family in a way too and, and mm-hmm. showed the song. We wanted permission for these songs to exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had to do that through a few ways where like even down to um, it's nothing personal. That song is about someone that I'm still friends with mm-hmm. and it's fucking mean and 
I wrote it at a time when he did something that really, really upset me and some of our friends. And it doesn't mean that I don't love him, but I wrote that song. And then when it came time to do the record, I very much like knew that song was going to be on it. And then, and then when I had the demo, I sent it to him and was just like, hey, dude, because originally the song was called Narcissist. And I thought that was a really mean title as well. And I sent it to him and I was just like, hey, man, like it's nothing personal. It's just when you did this, you made me mad. I wrote this fucking song, but I got to put this out, dude. Like I knew when yeah. you heard it, you would know it's about you. Yeah. So that's why the titles, it's nothing personal. And then, you know, I got like my best friend from high school to sing on it who I hadn't seen. 10 plus years because our parents had like a weird thing that kind of broke us up so mm. there was a lot of healing on this record Absolutely. like you know just you know getting rid of shit that needed to be done you know mm. like there's no real purpose for the band other than what makes us feel good yeah. you know like I was kind of explaining it earlier today where like Fit for a King has like a thing that it does and it like exists in the universe as something and we're able to like tailor it and alter it and grow with it but it's a, it's a thing where offered minivan no one gives a shit no one knows about it no one cares i shouldn't say no one some people care there you go and so i just do it until it is something that for me i feel like I can't live without, you know, mm -hmm. like some, I feel very good about people hearing this album as a whole, you know? Absolutely. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It Thanks. just sounds like this album overall was just, as you said, healing, just a lot of reconnecting. It just seems like you guys needed this album to happen and how it happened. It, it looks like it worked out beautifully. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think the band did, need it because you know we a couple of the guys that were on swan dive they now have kids and like moved on and they they didn't um like one moved to california and he just wasn't even here and you know uh dave and melvin we love them we are still friends with them but their lives changed a bit and huh. it opened up like this opportunity where me evan and miles at first because mike wasn't necessarily like in the picture yet we had to look at each other and just be like well are we gonna do this and if we are like how are we gonna do this and we just kept writing by ourselves being like well maybe they'll maybe they'll join maybe they'll join and then mm -hmm. the guys just got further and further and we got closer and closer mm -hmm. and it was really telling for us because like making the breakdown i was so difficult and me and miles had so many fights that up until the day before we started actually recording it like in the studio he mm. almost didn't come wow god because damn. we fought that hard oh my god and because i am not i'm a <laughs> like when i get mad mm. and it sucks because the hard part is him and Evan are uh, like they went to school for music like they are brilliant musicians like it's they know it like a language and yeah. I don't I I 
learned how to sing in high school through chorus or like all through school and chorus, but I don't know how to like, oh, that's the A sharp minor in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that's why eventually it gets to like you try to work on something a million times and and it was so rude. But eventually I was like, like I said before, like, no, teach me the fucking song. I'm going to write it. Yeah. And but then when I get it figured out and I was like, this is what I had in my head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh. And then he smashes the full band version. And it's one of those things you're like, man, I wish I would have just done that from the jump. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't gone through the shit with the person that I wrote the song about before all that time in the first hundred versions. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what I was singing about. And that's mm-hmm. kind of was the problem. And then eventually I had exactly what I needed to say. Mm-hmm. So it was a massive like test in our relationships, but I'm so thankful because we're much, much closer now from it, you know? So. Yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks. Um, so how'd the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, close be a closure, shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? Only um fade out was written and then I was like, Evan, that's the opening to the record. And that was always the opening to the record. Mm-hmm. Everything else was just we had the songs, and then when we got done, I still have a it's actually in the vinyl, like in hidden in the pictures. we just wrote down all like ripped up piece of paper wrote down all the songs and we just kept moving them around until it like looked right and then Mm -hmm. we sequenced it and we listened to it me adam and evan i cried like a bitch (laughs) and then we made one change and then we were done like so except for the sound clip for uh, or the sound clips in general so like we made the order and then i had all the sound clips and stuff and i told adam like where i wanted them but he helped make like all the noises and music and stuff that like goes with the voice clips because i just had voice clips Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i would be like hey i'm kind of these weird sounds or this like weird voice clip in between Mm -hmm. these songs and can you kind of make it like this and he just smashed it so um it was a bit of like a, a little bit of trial and error but it was pretty easy for us to kind of figure out where first you're like well i think i want to start with fade out and i want to end with it's nothing personal and then you know i think you know in the beginning i kind of want to hear like basement right out the jump and then you kind of start putting it together where i didn't want it to be too sad too quick either where i like that lift from fade out basement the beacon <laughs> and then you know, it starts to get a little sassier, a little darker, mm-hmm. Um, where I think if you started off with like karma or like, you know, Billy or something, it may not hit the same where I think by the time you get to Billy, you didn't know it was coming. And mm-hmm. then it gets there and you're like, huh, this is really pretty. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it went. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. Billy was my my personal favorite off the record. I did just want to say, yeah, that. <laughs> thank you. That's Bobby's favorite too. Um, Good. from Fit for a King. Um, I'm really proud of that song just because it was like a blackout moment, man. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting with an acoustic and like before you know it, you have a song and you're like yeah. make a demo of it and you're like, I think this is kind of cool. 
And I think lyrically, that might be the best song I've ever written, in my wow. opinion. Like, I think, because it, that's my devotional to music. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, I still get, like, choked you're up good. talking about these songs. So, like, you're good, you're good. Yeah, when, you know, when you lose it, ugh. Like when touring got taken away, you really think about how much it means, right? And because my job is so much of our my identity and our identities and our livelihood outside of just paying the bills, you know. And I'm so thankful for it. And I don't know why I started with it was like I had just like the who built these. And then I had like, look, I was trying to like figure out what to go with it. And he has mm-hmm. this really cool song, Flesh for Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And um, the one that everyone knows, you know, White Wedding, which is mm-hmm. his like big money maker, right? But it's, you can't have these artistic ventures without having something that hits. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to write a song where I was like, well, maybe this would be mine. Like maybe mm-hmm. I can, like if, if Taylor Swift sang that song or like, would people be like, wow, this is fucking genius. And I don't know if it's like that, but like, I want to live like that. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that sounds crazy and sounds arrogant. You guys totally may not agree. But for me, like it was one of those things where I got done and I was like, I think this could be on a TV show or in a movie or like, something that people would really love to sing like Mm -hmm. and really anyone can relate to because no matter what you have something that you want to love like you lead a cult like Mm -hmm. and for me that's music i'm so devoted to my music and being able to play and travel that it's always been like like Ryan Kirby could call me right now be like dude you gotta get on the plane we gotta go do fit for king thing right now (laughs) all right cool i'm gonna pack my bags i'm gonna go no second thoughts just because you have to mm-hmm. yeah and to be able to live that way what a what a privilege mm-hmm. like i'm so lucky i get to do that mm-hmm. and i will have a day that i don't mm-hmm. so i'm trying to appreciate it while i have it that makes exactly. sense and live I, in a moment yeah yeah and I just want to make a note, like, I do appreciate how open you have been, like, while we've been chatting with you, because, like, I understand a lot of heavy shit, like, in the album. Oh, so I, I appreciate you being so open about it and not just, like, being a closed off, like, tough guy, you know, because you could totally just take that, like, ah, you know, it really means nothing. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. No, thank you. And, and um, the feeling is mutual. And I... I'm trying to find out like how to do it and how to talk about it because it's not like it's not like I lost a ton of people or I went to war or some like crazy thing so it sounds almost crazy to people where it's like well dude you just wrote some songs like why are you so upset mm-hmm. but it's it's that feeling that I'm trying to express in Billy where I've had moments and times in my career where I doubted myself and my ability to create and I wanted to make a record that for all the people that thought well Tuck doesn't sing in Fit for a King anymore because he's not good he doesn't sing in Fit for a King anymore because he can't write 
He doesn't sing good in Fit for a King anymore because he sucks live. Every person that wrote that comment, I want to shove this record down their fucking throat. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know how much they hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it sucks, man. Like, yeah. living your life through this fucking screen. Like, yeah. you know, because I am a normal, real guy. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. you know, I'm a working class musician. I'm not fucking rich. I'm not fucking famous. I'm a normal person yeah. with feelings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, you know this, in a sense, it keeps me safe from harm. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's crazy that you bring up like the, the not singing in Fit for a King anymore, because I actually saw someone talking about it like today about how they're like upset that you don't sing in Fit for a King anymore. So it's just like crazy that like you were getting all these comments, but now years later, people are like, but why doesn't he do it anymore? You know? Yeah. And like one, you know, I'm having a lot of fun working on new fit and I, and it's never as a jab to them the difference is ryan kirby is the lead singer of fit for a king mm-hmm. and a lot of this is he has his own things he's going through and mm-hmm. his own things that he needs to talk about and those are the things that are going to lift fit for a king and at times it comes from me like when everything means nothing or like locked in my head like those came from like me having a hard time mm-hmm. and it is just not, it doesn't even come as naturally to me as the way it comes to him versus like, I can just black out and write Billy or karma or fucking it's nothing personal or the breakdown or like, this is just when I do it. And this is just how I do it. And, yeah. and it, that's also not to take anything away from Evan or miles or Mike, because they create so much on this record as well. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's been hard, man. Like I, all those comments fucking suck. All those comments yeah. when I first joined, because also when I joined Fipper King, I'd never toured. <laughs> I didn't know what it was like to make a full record and then go tour for a billion people all over and sing it every day. And it's really hard, <laughs> Yeah, you know, done it for, you know, nine years now. That's why I can do it differently in maybe a way that sounds better <laughs> makes sense <laughs> you know so yeah um but i appreciate you saying that and yeah it's been a, a big process and a healing process because i am very vocal with fit for a king about this they know how i feel and it's nothing like to try to upset any anyone or to be like i need more me i need more me mm-hmm. it's just it's hard sometimes because i am very selfish I will be the first to acknowledge that. I love me. I love the way I write. I love the way I sing. I love me. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking annoying because I I have so many times need to learn how to just shut the fuck up and sit down and not make it all about myself. And it took... I'm still learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. So... At least the thing that felt good was when I got done, when we got done with this record, I was able to have that breath of fresh air where I was like, you know what, dude, you did a good job. Be proud of yourself. Absolutely. And that's, 
even if no one listens to it the same way nobody listens to fucking Swan Live, you stupid fucks. God <laughs> fucking damn it. <laughs> then I'll I'll still be proud of myself for it, you know. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for crying a lot and shit. Nah, open up, man. Love exactly. it. Exactly. It's completely okay. You know, yeah. I'm trying. I really don't want to sell anything that's bullshit. Like, I want people to know that, like, literally every lyric of every moment of this song, every thought, every like, everything was really, like, I put it through the ringer with these guys. Like, we worked so hard on it. And Adam, the fucking engineer, like, producer, wizard, worked so hard on it like and i don't know yeah i'm i'm i can't wait for people to hear it i'm really excited so i fucking love it oh yeah thanks Mm -hmm. thanks i'm glad you guys liked it but yeah Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time should they play it in the car with friends start with headphones on should they work out to it what do you personally recommend you know i for me it is very much um two settings i love my early morning with the vinyl with the with a cup of coffee and like Mm -hmm. uninterrupted thoughts like i think that that's a really good way um but i cruised to it for the first time at night uh, a few days ago Hmm. and it felt really really good um, yeah. like driving through New York City when it's so dead, there's no traffic and there's mm-hmm. just some lights and you're hearing it and like I would say like listen to it in a way where you hopefully can just like sit for 45 minutes and not get interrupted it, yeah. and um, it's not like it's some fucking, you know, Pandora's box crazy bullshit like I just I think it fits better when you get through the whole thing in one sitting. Like, I think it makes more sense. Um, Put in your favorite headphones, get a nice cup of coffee, go to a, like, sit outside under the tree, like, whatever. Like, for me, it's this, this room I sit in and, like, this is where I process. Um, And I never was like that when I was younger. I was always outside and had this place called Blythewood at Bard College that I'd go sit and listen to records. So find your favorite park, favorite spot, put it on, leave your, like, just be by yourself because I think it's meant for a person. Mm. Like, you can listen to it with friends and, like, you know, it'd be cool if you guys are like, wow, like, this is nice together, but I really think it's better for just you. (laughs) Whoever you are, Mm I think you will listen to it and for the person that is about like the breakdown or victim complex and, and um, pity sex, you're going to probably listen to those songs and and someone's going to come to mind. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you might listen to karma and someone's going to come to mind. Mm -hmm. And like, I think you might get to Vic, you know, um, cheerleader and like, you know, you'll have a Victoria or like, you know, these, I think it's meant it's personal in the sense that it's meant for a soul person. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone can relate to the songs. Um, Cause even with Billy, like you may not, it may not be music for you. It may be a person. It may be, um, you know, your job. It may be a hobby. It may be 
you know, you wanted to be, you know, the greatest ballerina in the world. Like, I don't know, but there will be something. There's definitely something. Hell yeah. So, awesome. you know, I think that's the way I would pre prefer for people to listen to it. it as I've said to friends that have asked, I will only give it to them as the sequence, which is one MP3 file with the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Rather mm -hmm. than like you have to, because I don't want you to have to stop and click the next song and stop. And click. Yeah. I want you to just, you have to just listen to it in full in one sitting because mm -hmm. that's when I think it hits the most. So that's my preference. I agree. Um, so this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Three words. Mm -hmm. Greatest record ever. Um, Damn right. <laughs> Damn uh, right. I would say cathartic, <laughs> structured narcissism. <laughs> All right. I don't know. It's like uh, it's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It's uh, God. I don't. I don't know. It, it's so hard. I think it will make you look at yourself reflective maybe you know i i don't know what would you say i think you, you hit on the head with greatest record ever yeah i mean yeah i i don't think it's in like our you know our say or our job to uh, put your your body of work into three words especially when the one that made the body work is sitting right in front of us exactly. um but you gave us a lot of words to work with so yeah there you go we'll see well, yeah. hopefully everyone will find something out of it. Oh, yeah. I do think so. Yeah. Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your snack of choice? Oh, I will get um, a bag of the purple Doritos. I will get a muscle milk, uh, a big water, <laughs> like a big um, Essentia or Fiji, but like like the big like two liter mm -hmm. and then a Mounds bar. Hell nice. Yeah. Muscle milk is a real thing. Someone else said it. I thought it was a joke because no, our show... core power, like the core, the the forty gram core powers are fucking awesome. But yeah, oh, yeah. for sure, that's it. Okay, right. interesting. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, as you can tell, I have done this a lot. <laughs> I know yeah. exactly what I get at the gas. Yeah, I mean, you've only hey. got like five a or six tour posters tour just posters. behind you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, I've done it once, twice, thrice. Um, yeah. Couple yeah. um, so for this last question, we're going to place you on a desert island. You can bring one movie, one album, and one person. Who and what are you bringing? I'm going to bring my wife um, as my person. Mm -hmm. um, movie. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't pick a movie, per se. I would pick a, a DVD of a season of It's Always Sunny. Okay. If I, I if I had to pick, if I had to pick, um, yeah, right. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> drink your inner crow. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, beautiful. but uh, it's always sunny is my favorite show. If I had to pick a movie, it'd be Blade, the first Blade. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Um, record wise. Sorry, I just flipped you guys off while I was cracking. That, that's okay. Um, I don't tell you like a little personally. Now, because we're being honest with each other today, my favorite mm -hmm. record ever is uh, The Devil and God Are Raging Inside You by Brand New. Oh. And I think after knowing that, maybe the way I made 
made us keep you safe from harm makes a little more sense than like the sequencing and stuff. Mm. Um, but drama aside, other favorite record, at least like most influential record for me from the last like I don't know ten years, um, a Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra. Mm. I think that record is absolutely flawless. Um, and if I had to pick a third. The war on drugs i don't live here anymore so and if you guys haven't listened to either of those do you think that may this keep you safe from harm is good oh those oh like, oh man like, take your word for it yeah i the war on drugs it's funny because i that band i didn't like them when i first heard them mm-hmm. and top 10 best records i've ever heard in my life mm-hmm top two best records of the last 10 years for me for sure like it's the way he speaks to you will truly cut to the core and it's a beautiful the presentation sonically is gorgeous like it's Mm -hmm. really really amazing album um Mm -hmm. i fully recommend listening to both of those if you have not uh Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yeah. If you get the chance, go to um, either MerchNow.com or Tooth & Nail and pre-order the record on vinyl. There are 250 copies of each. That is all there will be. Uh, go pre-order it. Grab a shirt. It would be really helpful. And if not, just pre-save the thing and listen to it on the 23rd when it comes out. Hell yeah. Thanks for talking to me today and giving me a safe space to talk about my art. So Of course. course. We had a blast. Um, Well, thank you for signing up. It's been Tuck from Off-Road Minivan, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.